Okay, we're back. Episode 2 of the Press Republicans Press Pass Podcast. I am Joey LaFranca. Today, I have Ben Rowe and Joe LaTemplio. Good afternoon. And I also have our publisher, John Salestino, with us today. John, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. We are pretty excited to be continuing doing the podcast. And we did our first episode. We've learned a little bit. We're going to continue learning, and we're only going to get better at it. We are also having fun with it, and I think we all listened to the first podcast. We laughed. We realized we could do a couple of different things better, right, guys? For sure. No kicking pens. (laughs) Yeah. Our heater's not on today, so that's good. Um, But, John, we wanted to talk to you a little bit today just about the podcast and how fun... Also, can I say, John, you're our first guest... On oh, the podcast, I'm, so I'm welcome. flattered. Yeah. Yes, this is the this is the first guest. So this is so we're stepping up, like we said, we're trying to be professional here, but we're also having some fun, which is good. Um, but John, I mean, for a newspaper to be doing a podcast, it's certainly not, and it's certainly not something that hasn't been done before. But you know, we're stepping into it now. How exciting is that? Just for you to know that the Press Republican is now doing a podcast. I, I think it's very exciting. I love the mic. I love the setup here. Um, what, what I love most is the fact that unlike any other media out there, we can broadcast this podcast far and wide, further and wider than any other media because of the people that we reach because of our online audience and the size of our online audience. So I'm really happy that you guys are doing this and uh, I appreciate what you're doing. And I can't wait as we get into it and cover you know more serious topics like maybe crime and other things that impact the community here that are you know either positive or negative yes and i mean we wanted to also just give you the chance to kind of introduce yourself a little bit um when i'm I'm trying to remember myself when did you actually come here to plattsburgh and kind of start overseeing us it was about a year ago okay so what were some of your impressions once you came up here to the north country your first impressions um so brad Bailey, the former publisher, told me, I said, how was it up there when he started here? And he said, what he said was, the only thing he said was, the people are really nice. And I didn't appreciate that till I got here. And I, it may be because you guys are so far removed from things that are bad mm-hmm. up here in God's country. You know, it's a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful place, obviously. I, I, I've never been this far up. Um, I didn't realize how far north it was until Brad uh, told me one time that he went on vacation to Maine and he said he had to drive south. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Never it's, uh, it, it is far, far away. I love the fact that, that this market is isolated, and um, and I think the people I think the people are the are the. I'm not saying that you know to blow smoke because you guys are in the room, mm-hmm. but I think that the people in this market are the market's greatest asset. That's I mean, speaking of myself, somebody who's who's lived in the North Country their whole life, and you know Ben, you've been here your whole life, and Joe, when did you come from? Uh, Thirty-eight the great, years ago. All right, so from the great grounds of Rochester. <laughs> so I mean, we uh, we really do like it up here. It's a uh, it's certainly a, a niche type of area, and we're glad that you know you've enjoyed your time up here too for how for how long you have been here um but i'm kind of curious what has been some of the moments that have stood out the best what have you kind of taken in since you've been up here and and, Uh, and around yeah well the the downtown area i mean it's a huge asset and the lake is just it's amazing Uh, you know it kind of reminds me when i go down to the beach it reminds me of the beach area Mm. reminds me of lake george and um I mean, and the fact that, that, you know, the proximity you guys have to Lake George and Glens Falls and all that, I mean, you, 
it literally even be in Lake George in an hour and a half. That's amazing. Montreal, that's another one. It's, it, it's a shame the uh, the borders closed, but last year I went to Montreal and I mean, don't forget Lake Placid. Lake Blake was I was in Lake Placid. I think that was less than an hour. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it's a it's a gem here, but but I think you know obviously the lake is is the biggest asset. And it's, I read an article in our paper that uh, the former mayor had talked about a uh, a boardwalk that went from the beach to the downtown area. That would be huge. I would love to see that. Was there any more talk on that, Joe? It's been kicked around over the years. Um, it would be a big project. Um, but the Saranac River Trail, which is still ongoing, has some of that in it, and that's ongoing. Like everything else right now, it's taking a little hiatus because of COVID. Um, but the plans are still there. Right. Yeah, I, I hope that happens. That would be huge. Was the when you went up to like how many times have you been to Lake Placid? Just since once. You, just once. What did yeah. you do when you were up there? Just walked, parked the car, walked around, had lunch at one of the restaurants. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So growing up, did you? Um, well, have you actually seen the movie The Miracle on Ice? Yes. How, okay, so to actually be in the town yeah. where that all happened and stuff, was that kind of cool? I yeah. know for me, from a sports angle, that's always the one thing oh, that's, that's also, that, that's always really all, cool. It was, it was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, so, so the funny thing is, um, so I was born and raised in Philly. Yep. And never, never attempted to drive, I mean, it's only about four and a half hour drive to Lake Placid mm-hmm. or Plattsburgh or Lake George until now. Yep. So maybe the state needs to do some external promotion to get people up here. Yeah, that would, I mean, it. I think I think all the, basically what the, we could call them the hidden gems up here, I mean, they're well known to us up here, but, you know, speaking yeah. from what you just said, I mean, a lot of people have never been up here, they've never seen, like, some of the cool opportunities that are up here, just different sites to see and whatnot, and I think that's cool. So, being from Philadelphia, anywhere around here that has any type of good cheesesteak that can compare to Philadelphia? It's funny you should say. Okay. Because I'm a cheesesteak fanatic. Yes. And Pizza Bono has a great cheesesteak. Okay. The, okay. the meat is tender. There's no fat in it. I'm not promoting Pizza Bono. <laughs> but Pizza Bono has... They will appreciate just that. The fat. They have a really good cheesesteak. Well, See, now we have La Franca, yep. La Templio, Celestino. We have so, the Italian trifecta going on right and bro, now. And Ro, you're named. Yeah, the lone Englishman in the room. Yes. Then we just have then we just have Ben Ro chilling around here. Um, are you, we could call you Rowie. Yes. Are you intimidated being around three Italians right now? Uh, it's uh, getting a word in edgewise can be tough sometimes. Yes, that is, that is true. Um, but. We just wanted to have a chance for you to come on and, and introduce yourself a little bit. But I will say, yeah, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the harshest one, but you have survived most of your first North Country winter. I mean, I don't think we, we didn't really get clobbered yeah, by too no. huge, but um, what's winter like in Philly? Like, is uh, it well, like Christmas? Um, sometimes. I mean, there'll be, um, there'll be a, you know, a six-foot snowfall, and then 40 days later, uh, you know, a 12-inch snowfall, and then a week later, two inches, and then it's spring. And spring is really spring. Here, there's no spring. I noticed mm-hmm. that. <laughs> there's mud season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we essentially have winter, summer, and I mean, I guess we have like a couple weeks of fall, but it pretty much goes from winter to summer at this mm. point. Yeah, climate change. <laughs> so the one thing that we wanted to do also while we had you here was to give an update on the candy bar stars bracket which can be 
found on my Twitter, at Joey LaFranca, as well as the Press Republican Instagram, as well as the Press Republican Facebook. And the, the competition is, is getting fierce. We are in the third round. We are approaching the final four because this, is, this isn't a traditional 64-team bracket. This is only a 32-team bracket. And, John, we wanted to get your take at where the bracket is right now as the final four approaches. I'll give you the matchups real quick. We have Kit Kat against Twix. We have Milky Way against Crunch. We have Snickers against Baby Ruth. And we have Hershey's against Butterfinger. Now, looking at the bracket, what is your take on where the competition looks to be headed? Um, I'm a little concerned, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What concerns you? Uh, I don't think there's enough chocolate. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of cookie, not enough chocolate. See, that's, that's just my own personal opinion. I actually, there was a bit of controversy. We've already covered, in the first episode, we've covered the Reese's Cups disaster. But I actually also debated whether or not to leave Twix out. Because, yes, it's a candy bar. But it's also a but cookie. It, but it's also a cookie. So are we talking cookie bar or are we talking candy bar? No, it's not going to win anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so we don't think it's going to win. Okay. okay. No, but I, I think, you know, you're onto something there because I think Hershey's is the sleeper, the chocolate bar. I mean, come they on. Could Hershey's, win. really? Absolutely. The classic, the OG. A question I have, though, and this might date me. Where's Mallow Cup? I said that. That's so, not what I that's said. That's so, the word there. So you just said cup. <laughs> We're talking bars. That's it's where a candy bar. It's a candy bar. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I will. Now, look, I will let you I'm have. I'm a publisher. That. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I will let. I will let you have that then. Um, but with where we're at, I mean, Ben. I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but where do you think we're headed now? Is what's inside a baby Ruth bar? Is that chocolate? What is that? It's caramel nougat? and peanuts. Yeah. In a baby Ruth. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the nougat and yeah the the peanuts. Um, my main concern this week is the fact that currently Crunch is losing to Milky Way online. I think Crunch is disgusting. Oh, oh my God. goodness. Yeah, well, I'm we're sorry. not, those are fighting <laughs> words for I, me. I, 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 th- I don't know how it lasted this long. I, I when, last, when Crunch I, is the I'm only speechless. one of those little tiny bars that's left in the bowl, no. I still won't eat it. <laughs> I'm very disappointed right now because I gave Crunch a lot of praise last week. I mean, What's not to like? It's chocolate, there's some rice involved, and it's simple. It's just, it's simple, and it's tasty. I mean, I I like it. I mean, for, for you to trash crunch is just, it's, it's kind of crushing. Yeah, I thought everyone had the same feeling <laughs> about this. You can use your mask to wipe your tears. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Whoa. We are all wearing masks again. Um, you know, we, we're doing this in the Press Republican conference room again. We are all wearing masks. and John probably likes the Mr. Good Bars in the um, variety packs, which... I do, except for the, the Crunch. Uh-huh. Nestle's Crunch. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Pers- well, it's. I think my opinion was always that they put the crunch in to save the money on the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. So, it's- I think that's what's. In my opinion, that's what's good about it. But I don't know. I guess we'll see moving forward. But in my opinion, I I really think Kit Kat's just going to. I know they're the top seed, and I think Kit Kat's going to take it. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, if Kit Kat doesn't win. 
you know, are we saying Hershey's would be the winner? Uh, that's my pick. Mm. You think so? Yeah. In my, in my heart, I wish Baby Ruth would win. In my brain, I see Hershey's winning. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Butterfinger, by the way. But I, I have a take on Butterfinger, but I, I, I just want to say this. Butterfinger is good, but in small portions. It's very sweet. Uh-huh. And it also, I mean, talk about a candy bar that gets sticky in your teeth and mm-hmm. whatnot. It sure does. That, I mean, out of any candy bar that I can think of, that one is it's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty I bad. mean, you got some interesting, some strong contenders here. And, and, and we were talking about all these candy bars, and we haven't even mentioned Snickers and Milky Way. I know. Predominant. I mean, we don't need to mention bars. them. Yeah, Snickers. They're, they're uh, glue wrapped in chocolate. <laughs> the Snickers and Baby Ruth matchup is interesting because some could say that that might even be the same bar. It's shaped differently. It's shaped mm-hmm. differently? You don't, okay, so what's the, in, pardon my ignorance then, what's, I mean, the shape is one thing, but the content, am I confusing what baby, uh, what's in a Baby Ruth? Baby Ruth is soft. Baby, baby Ruth, Ruth is, is more nougat-y than, yeah, yeah, than, I agree. than uh, and Snickers has more caramel. And I don't think you could freeze Baby Ruth bars, can you? You can, but I, you can't bite into them. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. So that would be the difference. Snickers maybe. bars you can freeze. Well, they are they're 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 a little crunchy to bite into. You could break a tooth. Well, it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where they ate the candy bars with a fork and knife. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Oh yes, George pulls. The, he's in. A, I think he's in a meeting with the yes. Yankees, and George Steinbrenner uh, confronts George and says, "Why are you eating a Snickers bar?" while having a fork and knife and it's just supposed to be a, a thing of elegance I guess or whatnot. but personally any of the George Steinbrenner episodes of Seinfeld those are the best episodes yeah. I mean you can't go wrong with Seinfeld those Seinfeld bracket for sure yeah maybe that's I mean maybe we're talking future bracket <laughs> Seinfeld episode bracket yeah. but we'll That'll see I will say I will say the one candy bar that I'm really disappointed that isn't still in the mix is the 100 grand bar that bar is really good yeah, they're hard to find, you know. Mm-hmm. They, Can you walk into the supermarket here and, and buy a hundred grand bar? I guess you yeah, are like, right. They're not like they're not just like typically on the shelf. Uh-huh. No, they're not. I mean, they're not, but they're but they're really good. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think maybe I, I, I maybe because they're maybe because they're limited. Hidden that, gem. Yes. Yeah, they're almost they like a hidden gem. A demand because they keep the supply low. Maybe that's right. That's right. And we are back, and we have another guest now. We have another guest. Her name is Mackenzie Delisle. Mackenzie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get going a little bit on this second segment here, we just wanted to have Mackenzie introduce herself a little bit and tell her what and tell everyone what she does here. But Mackenzie, lay it out. Lay it out for us. What exactly you do here at the Press Republican? Okay, so my name is Mackenzie Delisle. Um, I'm a staff writer here at the Press Republican. Um, my main things that I cover would be City of Plattsburgh, so general City of Plattsburgh news, any politics that happen there, um, and also I am the main business reporter for the Press Republican as well. So basically, I should have asked what you don't do. <laughs> I don't do a lot of things, but I do do a lot of things as well. You did actually write a sports story recently, kind of a sports story. Did I? Yeah, the fishing? the fishing story. I did write a story about a fishing tournament. That's right. And yeah. this and this weekend, shameless plug for that fishing tournament, there's a fishing tournament going on on Lake Champlain this weekend. So if you see a lot of boats around Plattsburgh, that's why. Um, but we wanted to talk about 
an issue that had started up really last Friday, and um, I will just lay it out for Joe Latemplio here um, about what we're about to talk about. But Joe, um, the Altona party that happened on July 17th has certainly been a hot topic of late around here. And, uh, you know, what can you tell us about where we're at right now in terms of trying to figure out how far the party, uh, the party news has kind of gotten to this point? Um, yes. Okay. So a little background, uh, the health department, Clinton County health department reported that on July 17th, a Friday, that a large uh, gathering party, if you will, was held um, at a, a place on uh, Memory Way Lane, I believe it was, in Altona. Um, they estimate anywhere between at least 100 and 150 um, young, te- well, teenagers and young adults were there. Um, we've had reports that there was maybe even more than that. Um, either way, large gathering. Um, and from that, now, keep in mind, uh, we are still in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the coronavirus pandemic has been going on full strength pretty much since mid-March. Um, we are fortunate in the North Country. Our numbers have been low, but New York City has been was the epicenter for a long time. And now we're seeing around the rest of the country, numbers are spiking dramatically. And it's not a good situation. And a lot of these spikes can be attributed to mass gatherings or large gatherings or behavior where people are not wearing masks and not social distancing. Now, of course, there's this whole controversy, I guess, if you will, about wearing masks and whether they're necessary or whether people should do it or if it's a violation of their rights or whatever. Um, But I think we've seen that the bottom line is proper behavior and adhering to the guidelines does help flatten the curve and keep the numbers down. Um, Large gatherings like this, now we've heard all kinds of information about what may or may not have happened at this party, which is understandable. But the bottom line, I think, is um, people need to realize that we're not out of the woods yet. This thing is still going on, and it could spike anywhere, anytime, and someone at this party um, infects somebody else and it spreads, it could spread like wildfire. And this this could happen at any party. Right. Uh, not just this one in Altona. You know, it's, it's summer. It still is technically kind of graduation party season. Mm-hmm. So, and we've heard reports of other large gatherings. Now, the state guidelines, I believe, call for gatherings of no more than 50 yes. yeah that's the current max people mm-hmm. and, and presumably if somebody wants to have a graduation party of up to 50 people then some families that might be, be all family members fine but when you have teenagers from all over the clinton county showing up at one place at one time um it's probably well it isn't a good idea and hopefully we're getting close to the two-week period now We've seen a few cases directly resulted, according to the health department, from this party. Hopefully that's it, and it doesn't grow from there. Um, but it's something to be concerned about. And I know there's people who still believe the virus is a hoax and all of this stuff. But I think in the past five months, everybody here in this room has been on the front lines, so to speak, covering this this 
pandemic. Absolutely. And I think everybody here knows it is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does need to be taken seriously. And we're hopeful that the North Country community, which has been good. Oh, no been, doubt. We've been no very doubt. good so far. And that's why our numbers are low. Now, the Canadian border being closed, that's a whole nother topic. Um, but for our region and our residents, um, we've pretty much abided by the health department and CDC guidelines, and we've kept the numbers low. But we can't let our guard down. we got to stay vigilant and, and keep with it. And I hope that's what happens as we go forward, especially with schools opening up. And Lord knows what that's going to bring. That that's one thing that you know. Obviously, within I think it's next week. Actually, there's supposed to be an announcement as what exactly schools are going to be doing. But we talk about these gatherings that are going on, and whether or not it was you know, hundred people, hundred fifty people, maybe more. Um, the biggest thing is a gathering like that compared to what a daily routine is for a school and how many people are within a school. I mean, we're talking about. How many kids in a hallway at once? How many kids in a cafeteria? How many kids in a classroom? What type of protocols do you need to take to be able to have school? And it's certainly possible if the protocols are in place. But when we have situations where these parties are being held and things of that nature where maybe, you know, masks aren't being worn, different protocols aren't being adhered to or whatnot, that's what can be pro- problematic as to what we see down the road as far as how we progress with the pandemic. Well, let, let me speak to that just a little bit. I mean, some of the criticisms we heard was um, that people didn't like the fact that this party was called out mm-hmm. by media or whatever. And they say, well, you don't complain about people going to Lowe's or Walmart or, or the, the Black Lives Matter protest. Um, number one, um, people have to go to... Lowe's, Walmart, uh, to live. They need food, they need clothes, whatever. You don't have to go to a keg party in the woods right. in Altona. Absolutely. You know, a big difference. And as far as the Black Lives Matter um, rally, um, we were all there. Um, and Mackenzie, maybe you can speak to this a little bit about, we saw some some pretty appropriate behavior there from that crowd, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I would say... I mean, I can't even think of one person that I saw there that wasn't wearing a mask that day. I think some people reported that there were some people not wearing masks, but I mean, for the most part, everybody was. So I think when you're talking about protests or when you're talking about going to the grocery store and doing everyday things, there's a difference between going someplace and and, uh, wearing a mask um, and keeping your distance. I lost my train of thought, Joey. Thanks. That's okay. Well, <laughs> I just mean the, the bottom line is that when you're going to a party and you're not social distancing and you're not wearing a mask, you deserve that event deserves to be called out in some respect because it's not like a protest where everybody there was wearing a mask and keeping as much distance as they could, I guess. And Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe the health department reported any cases from the rally, did they? No. I think they were actually reporting reports that came out maybe not in our area but other areas saying that black lives matter protests in general hadn't caused a spike like some people had expected them to and what i would say to that point is the fact that what i've observed in looking at the events calendars and seeing the different events we've reported on 
number one, a lot of the articles, basically you can assume that in the article by the event is going to have a paragraph or two about the social distancing and health guidelines being adhered to. But my takeaway from just being around the community is that people are doing a good job of trying to kind of lurch back into gatherings is having little um, family barbecues and having little um, club meetings in person and having things. And is that aside from this party, perhaps, and other events that have been recorded, I've appreciated that it seems like people are being cautious, saying, look, you can totally have fun. You can totally start to take steps back into socializing. It's just don't rush headlong into it and have a gigantic blowout of a situation. Is that we're not trying to discourage this isn't a full quarantine environment. This is, you know, we're in a certain phase where people can start to come together again. We just, and I would really regret if two or three large events cast us back from that because it seems like we're just starting to get into the zone where we can start to have kind of fun family and public events again. I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're talking about this party in Altona, and we have a lot this week, understandable, but not to, to come on too heavy about them. Also, in Franklin County, um, we've seen eight cases, I believe, yes. that have stemmed from a river raft party mm-hmm. um, in the Aquasasne area, uh, young people again partying. So it's out there, and unfortunately, um, this is something we're dealing with. Hopefully people can uh, understand what's going on and, and uh, behave accordingly. And I, speaking to a little bit of what Ben had said, was we're getting to that point where we can start to actually get back into some stuff again. Mm-hmm. And one of those, one of the main things that affects a lot of people around the North Country, and it's uh, the Altona Party has actually implicated this, has been the local sports scene. And I never would have thought at any course of time that I would have been writing um, stories about this party affecting the sports scene as much as it has. But we're talking about the Champlain Valley Baseball League has been affected by this. The North Country Girls and Boys Soccer Summer Leagues have been affected by this. The Northern Frontier Little League has been affected by this. They have six umpires in quarantine because of this party. Granted, they are not they have not tested positive for COVID, nor have they shown any symptoms of the virus, but it's all these protocols that have been enforced now because of this party. And, you know, we talk about sports being something that we can't be taking for granted. And if we want to have sports, we need to be aware of what's going on. You know, we are in a pandemic. We, this isn't something that's just going to, at the snap of a finger, it's going to be over tomorrow. You know, we have to progress cautiously and respect what we have so it doesn't get taken away from us again. And I think that is one of the biggest takeaways that I've noticed um, of late that I think is now starting to become the feeling of where we're at as, you know, a North Country community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, who knows what's going to happen in the next few months as this thing continues on. Um as we say, you know, you got school coming up, college, and all, all these things happening. Um, and, of course, on the other front, everybody's waiting for a vaccine. Yeah. But who knows if that's even going to happen. So in the meantime, we got to continue to buckle down. I know it sounds like a broken record, and a lot of there's people out there who don't want to hear it. Um, but 
it does work. Yeah. And Mackenzie, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you come on specifically for this was because of the story that you wrote on for Tuesday's paper, right? Yep. Um, for all the Altona stuff. But, I mean, go ahead and, and tell us what you've, you know, discovered from your reporting as far as, as, far as the party. You had a lot of different perspectives um, from around the North Country as far as what this Altona party had effect-wise on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, um, the main person that I spoke to about the Altona party uh, for the article that ran in Tuesday's paper was the Clinton County um, Director of Public Health, John Canoza. Um, he actually gave me a call and spoke to me a little bit about what his team was doing to kind of trace back the virus and its contact that it may or may not have, um, or people that may or may not have come into contact with other people who may have had it. Um, it's very interesting what they're doing, but it sounds like a lot of hard work. Um, essentially, the the bare bones of it is up. You know, they start by they start with those people who tested positive for the virus, and they consider them to be category A. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, through conversations with them, they talk to them about their experiences that night, who they spent a lot of time with. Um, those people who they spend a lot of time with then become Category B people and then so on to Category C and D depending on, you know, say it was a 20-year-old who lived at home and then spent the week with his parents. You know, now they are also in the category and they need to be watched and they need to be quarantined um, depending. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that can be impacted by an event that might have attracted 150 people. If you just think about how many people those people then came into contact throughout a week's time, it really can um, blow up around our small community. And I think what you just said about how many people can be affected by it, we saw that in the sports side of things. I uh, One of my stories that I reported on for the CVBL was um, one of the teams within that league, uh, league of the CVBL officials had discovered that at least 12 of 17 members of one team were specifically at that. And that one team, this is where you have that domino effect, that one team between July 17th and when the CVBL actually decided to postpone its uh, Sunday slate of games for this past Sunday, there was a week in between where games were still played. And during that week where uh, that one team that had a lot of members of its team at this party, that team played three other local teams, and those three other local teams played a combination of an additional six teams. So you're talking about that domino effect. And yes, there could, there's, you know, there's a lot of scenarios where nothing may have spread, but the situation is we can't rule out that there may have been asymptomatic spread. And that's where we just have to be conscientious about where we're at, and we have to know the circumstances that we are in a pandemic still. And yes, we can have sports, but we can't be taking it all for granted. The biggest fear that people talk about is that a young person may bring it home and inadvertently affect grandma or grandpa mm-hmm. or aunts or uncles um and that is the worst thing and the last thing we want to see uh happen in our community so we say all this not to be ogres or anything yeah but just out of humanity and and concern for everyone in our community and we want we want to get back to normal i mean Everybody's saying, you know, what is the new normal? And I think what we do now, what we've done in the past, and what we do moving forward is going to dictate what that new normal is. And I think the more that we are very, um, we, you know, we follow those health protocols, that's going to lead us in a positive direction. And 
we can still have, you know, we can still have fun. We can, we can do different things that we all enjoy doing, but we just have to keep in mind about the pandemic, obviously. But um, Ben, I, I know that we, we, I mean, how many times throughout the course of nights where we've been designing pages and stuff, we've talked about a lot of different things, but you know, through the course of this past week, as we've learned more about this Altona party, I mean, you've you've kind of seen seen it unfold. You've been laying out the stories for the pages and whatnot. I mean, but what what is your take on everything? I mean, again, my take is the fact that along with laying out these these particular Altona stories, I've also been starting to lay out again the uh, excuse me the community calendar section, which lists the different fun events and community events around the area. The sights and sounds calendar, which lays out the arts and entertainment events. For the past four months, we haven't been running those because there haven't been any real public events to speak of. So to be able to see those again, kind of rolling back, starting back up again, and then to kind of, for me, this event has kind of shown how fragile that, well, it can feel very fragile how much that um, freedom to kind of gather is. It's the fact that I don't want to see those pages go away again. So again, have fun, but be safe. So that brings us to the end of episode two of the Press Pass podcast. Ben, you have some exciting news about the podcast just two episodes in. Do you want to share that with our listeners? I do. Starting this week, this podcast will cost you exactly zero to listen to on the PressPublican.com website. Is that we're new to a pod. We're new to delivering this kind of content to people, audio content. So we had to work out some of the technical details. But now... As far as we know, <laughs> it should um, be beyond the paywall. So, um, you know, it seems to me like a lot of the time with modern podcasts, they are kind of offered for free. It's just like uh, some free information. So we are very glad to start to get this one in there. And we are working on getting it into the usual Apple iTunes feed. And so we're working on getting that to people. Joe, what do you think? Two episodes in, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, I'm uh, again. I'm, we're excited and glad to be able to uh, to bring this uh, uh, new format to our readers, listeners. Um, we think we have a lot to offer the folks of the North Country. We cover news uh, here in our region every single day. We have a ringside seat to history, so to speak, and it's our job to deliver what we know to the to the people. And this is just another way to do it. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing this uh, in the weeks and months and hopefully years to come. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and I'll be honest, you know, we've been already tossing around a couple of ideas for new segments and new activities and that kind of thing, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's really exciting. So that will bring us to the end of Episode 2. You can listen to this podcast, like we said, on PressRepublican.com. And for now, we will say goodbye, and we'll see you next week. Bye.